Amen. A moment ago, we're singing the words of that hymn, I have only one life on this earth. Only one life to give. I could never withhold it from God. And no matter how long that life is, we realize that life at best, the hymn writer says, is it's very brief. It's just like the falling of a leaf. I was in a home just the other day and I noticed a little plaque on the wall that says, every day is a gift. And so it is. Every day is precious. And it's very important how we live every day because this could be our last one. But I wonder, have you ever stopped? And have you ever just looked back Look back over your life and just for a moment, just think of life's experience. Think of the days of blessing because every one of us have been blessed. We have been blessed with a measure of health and strength. Perhaps maybe not what others have, but we have been blessed. We've been able to get up this morning and come to God's house. Yet you took that for granted, but you have been blessed. And look back over our lives. Think of the mountaintop experiences of the blessings of God But then also think about the valley experiences, those days of trial, the dark clouds that have come across your life. And we all of those had those as well. Because that's what makes the fabric of life. It's not only always day, but the night comes too. I want us to consider the life of one man in the Holy Scriptures. We read about him this morning amongst the names that were given in chapter 21 of the book of John's Gospel. It says this, there were together Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and two other of the disciples that are not mentioned by name, but there's that first one. They were together Simon Peter. And I want to think about his life. Look back. Look back and view the life of Simon Peter in the Scripture. Right from the very beginning where we meet him, think about the call. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, the Bible tells us that that the Lord Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, and they were walking together. They were fishermen. But they weren't only walking together. They were working together. Because when the Lord Jesus saw them, Simon and Andrew, his brother, they were casting a net into the sea. You see, they were fishermen. That was their ordinary task of life. Their duty, toiling as fishermen. But then that call. And as Jesus walked along that seashore, he looked at them and he said to them these words. He said, follow me. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. But not only do we have the call, we think of the commitment, because the Bible says in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 4, straightway they left their nets and followed him. Not only did the Savior call them, but here was their commitment. Listen, they were fishermen, but the Bible says straightway they just dropped the net that they were putting into the water. They heard the call of God, and when God called them, and when the Savior said, follow me, they just left everything 
They left all their nets. And they followed him. I wonder if those in the service this morning, and you look back and you remember the day that you, or night that you sat in a gospel meeting, you heard the call of God to your heart. And God called you to himself. And friend, that night you, you left your sin. That night you repented of your sin and, and you committed your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you said, yes, by God's grace, I'm going to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. But not only do we have the call and the commitment and for the next three years as the Savior ministered on this earth, they journeyed with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter and Andrew, but Peter certainly was faithful. He was faithful to the Lord. And then we think of that confession. Because the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 16 how that the Lord Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, Whom do men say that I am? And of course they said, Some say Elias. And they mentioned other names. And then Jesus turned to them and he said to them, But who say ye that I am? And wasn't it Peter that, that immediately spoke up and he said, Thou art the Christ. Thou art the anointed Messiah. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And without a shadow of a doubt, he made that confession. Totally unashamed to take a stand. Thou art not only the Christ, thou art the Son of the living God. Tell me, since you were saved, have you openly confessed Christ Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. But my friend, listen, you're living amongst the people and you're asked the question, who is the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you able to say who he is? Are you saying, he's my savior? He's my Lord. He's my master. He's my redeemer. I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Thou art the Christ. That was his confession. Totally unashamed. Of the Lord Jesus. Are you ashamed? Do you blush when somebody asks you, Are you a Christian? Are you one of His? Are you one of those saved people? Are you ashamed? Peter wasn't. He made a confession. And then we think of the caution. Because in Luke's gospel in the chapter 22, the Lord Jesus Christ spake to Peter. It was unto Peter, and he said unto Peter there, Simon, Simon, verse number 31, Behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted... Strengthen thy brethren. See, the Lord knew what the devil wanted to do with Peter. Because of his boldness for the Lord Jesus Christ, the devil wanted to pull him down. And he said, the devil hath desired to have you and to, to sift you like wheat. But he said, I prayed for you. 
that your faith fail not. And then he said this, and when thou art converted, you see, the Lord knew exactly what lay before Peter. Just as the Lord knows this incoming week, not one of us know what this week holds for us, but the Lord knows exactly what it holds. And isn't it good to know that he's praying for us? Because at the Father's right hand, he ever liveth to make intercession for us. And the Savior is praying for his people that they fail not. My, the old devil will want to pull you down this week. The old devil wants to stop your testimony for God and for truth. But Jesus says, I prayed for thee. Of course, Peter replied to him, he said to him, Lord, he says, I am ready to, to go with thee both into prison and to death. And the Lord Jesus says, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt deny, thrice deny that thou knowest me. What an awful tragedy, friend, if that was true, that this week, that you were to deny the Lord, the one who bought you, the one who shed his precious blood for you, the one who died to save you. But here's the caution of Christ, because the Lord Jesus knew what lies ahead of every one of us. But sad to say, Peter was self-confident. He was relying upon his determination to go on. My friend, listen, don't get your eyes upon yourself, because you will fail. You see, Peter lacked humility. You know the word of God says, He that thinketh he standeth, take heed. Just watch out. Lest you fall. Because the devil will want you to fall. The devil will plot you and plan for you to fall. And here we see the caution. But let's not forget the courage. Because remember, whenever the Lord Jesus Christ was arrested, and whenever they came there to the garden to arrest, the soldiers came to arrest the Lord Jesus Christ. It was Peter. It was Peter that drew the sword. And Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, verse 51, it says, And he struck on servant of the high priest, and he smote off his ear. Yes, Peter stood up for the Lord. He was bold. He was courageous. But sad to say, it didn't end there. Because you see, after they arrested the Lord Jesus Christ and the disciples fled away from him, and they led the Lord Jesus to Caiaphas' palace, the high priest's palace, the Bible says as Peter followed afar off. And he's lost his nearness now to Christ. He's no longer standing by Christ. Remember, he said, Lord, I will go to prison for you. Lord, I will even die for you. But where are you, Peter? He follows afar off. He's not close to the Lord anymore. And there we see his cardliness. 
And maybe there's someone here this morning, and you look back over your life, you remember the days when you used to be close to the Lord. Now you love the prayer meeting, you love the Bible study, you love the morning service, you love the evening service. My friend, whatever there was, you loved it. Why? Because you loved the Lord. You wanted to be among his people. You wanted to be among the fellowship of God. But you've lost that love. Where are you this morning? Listen, thank God you're here, but you're following not close anymore. You've lost the fervor. You've lost the joy. And you're just like Peter. You're following afar off. And then they brought Peter into that place where the Lord Jesus was being judged. And Peter... He stood with, with the enemies of the Lord. He, he's standing around a fire because it's cold out there. And they bring him in and he sits down amongst the enemies of the Lord. And he doesn't say, listen, this is my Lord that you've got. No, friend. A servant girl comes to him and said, aren't you one of his? He said, no, 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 no I don't know that man. And then another person comes to him and challenges him and said, do you not know him? Aren't you one of his? And once again, he desires, I do not know him. I don't know him. Then a third time, he was once again challenged. And Peter got so worked up and so angry. He, he, the Bible says he denied the Lord. I don't know this man. And he did it with oaths and curses. How could it happen, friend? A man that used to say, Lord, I will go to prison for you. Lord, I will stand with you. Lord, I'll even die for you. You can count on me. It doesn't matter about the rest. I'll be there, Lord. And yet with those and curses, he denies knowing, Lord. Why, friend? Because he knows he sits around the fire in the company of the enemies of the Lord. And I tell you, that will draw you down and that will pull you back, friend. Company. Ungodly company. I say to you young people, I want to tell you, there's a challenge to your life. In God's name, watch your company. If you are a child of God, my friend, it is so important to fellowship among the people of God. The worldly company is not the place for you. The places of the world and entertainment is not the place for you. Here sat down at the fire. But he lost the fire and zeal for the Lord because of his company, and it led to compromise. And here's his cardliness. Even with a little servant girl asking him, he says, I don't even know him. And then we think of his cry. Because you see, whenever, the, whenever he denied the Lord, the cock crew. Isn't that what Jesus told him would happen? Thou shalt deny me thrice. And you see, whenever that cock crew, something happened, friend. The Lord Jesus turned around and he looked at Peter away there 
amongst the enemies. That's where he's sitting, around the fire. And that look wasn't a passing glance. It was that the Lord Jesus looked intently. He fixed his eyes upon Peter. He looked directly on Peter. He looked him straight in the eye. And Peter saw the Savior standing there in the distance. He's looking at him. And it broke his heart. I've just denied him. I loved him because he loved me. But I just denied him. The cowardliness. Tell me, because of the company that you are in today or this past week, Did you deny the Lord? Or did you own him? Did you unashamedly say, he's mine, and I'm his? You know, thank God, Peter wept bitterly, just like David. He cried unto God, I have sinned against Lord, my sin is ever before me. And he cried on God, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Peter's crying now, his heart's breaking, because that's what sin will do, friend. It'll break your heart. Maybe there's someone here today, and you once walked with God, friend, but you're not enjoying the fellowship with God because you're in the wrong company now. Compromise your testimony. You're following afar off. And you've lost the joy of salvation. You know, I believe that Peter probably thought that night that his ministry was over, or that day, But remember what Jesus said. He says, Peter, Satan had desired to have you, but I prayed for you. I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, in other words, when you're brought back to the place of fellowship, Peter, and thank God the prayers of Christ are answered. The devil had a plan to sift him as wheat, but praise God, it was not if thou art converted. He says, when thou art converted, because the Lord was going to have the victory. The devil wasn't going to have Peter. He was not going to end this way. And dear backslider this morning, you don't have to end this way. You don't have to end your life this way. There is a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. And when thou art converted or restored, for thank God the Lord was going to have the victory. Thank God whenever the Lord looked at him, it says he went out and he wept bitterly. 
it broke his heart. And I pray, God, with all my heart this morning, that God will break your stubborn heart of rebellion, backslider, that God will bring you to the place of repentance where you will be broken over your sin and you will be restored and brought back to the place of fellowship again. But do you notice something? When you come to chapter 21, you find Peter, and where is he? He's not sitting with the Lord's enemies now. He's sitting with the Lord's people. Because he said he was with Simon. Peter was, was with Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee and James and John, the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples of the Savior's disciples. Thank God he's back amongst his own company. When he cried unto God because of his broken heart over his sin, God forgive him. And so after the cross, after Calvary, he comes back to his own company. But you know, although he's back, friend, he's still apprehensive. Do you remember whenever the woman came back and said to the disciples, the Lord, we have seen an angel, and, and the Lord is risen indeed. And there was, there was Peter there, there was John there. When they heard that, they, they, they ran to the tomb. John was the younger man and he ran first, but he didn't go into the tomb. He waited until the older man came and Peter entered into the tomb first of all. And as he entered into the tomb, he saw the clothes lie together wrapped. And the Bible tells us, look, that Peter left wandering. And then John went in and the Bible says, John left believing. What does it mean Peter left wandering? Well, I believe that Peter was apprehensive. If he is risen, how will I face him? What will I say to him? If this, my Jesus is risen, and I meet him. What am I going to say? Because remember the last time, that look, I had denied him. What will I say? And the Bible says he left wondering. What does this mean to me? What does this mean to me? Then we find in chapter 21, he's in Galilee back at the Sea of Galilee. That's where it all started for him, didn't it? That's where he started following Christ, at the Sea of Galilee. And now he's back there. You see, but why did he go back there? I'll give you the answer. Because the Lord Jesus Christ had said in Matthew chapter 26, 32, after I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. And then do you remember 
The angel instructed the woman when they came to the tomb and said, But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, as he said unto you. Why did they go back to Galilee? Because the Lord told them. The Lord told them there in Galilee they would see him. Also in Matthew chapter 28 verse 10 as the women were going to tell his disciples of the resurrection they met the Lord Jesus and Jesus said to them go tell my disciples that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. It was the rendezvous point. You know, it's good to go where God tells you to go. And that's why they were back at that Sea of Galilee, friend. Because the Lord Jesus said, I'll see you there. Tell me, are you in the place with God? That God wants you to be. Are you in the place with God friend? Do you know before God? I am in the place with God. In my relationship with God. That God wants me to be. I am in the center of the will of God. There is no safer place for a child of God to be. Than in the center of the will of God. Paul and Silas were in prison, friend. But they were in the center of the will of God, and thank God it was there. Philip and Jailer was led to faith in Christ. God used them. Why? Because they were in the center of the will of God. But notice the choice. Because it says there in verse number 3, Simon Peter said unto them, I go a-fishing. And they said unto him, We also go with thee. Now friend, listen. The Lord didn't tell them to do that. They were to meet Jesus there in Galilee along the shore. You see, they started to take things. The Lord hadn't come. Perhaps they said, well, where is the Lord? He told us that he would be here, but, but he's not here. Where is he? And so they got impatient. Perhaps even disillusioned, confused. Well, what are we going to do? The Lord hasn't come. And Peter sees the boat and he says, I'm going back to the fishing. Maybe they were hungry. I'm going fishing. But friend, he stepped out of the will of God there because God didn't tell him. God says, go to Galilee. He didn't say, go back to the fishing. Because you see, all of those years before that, the Lord Jesus Christ says, from henceforth, I'll make you fishers of men. No, no, not back into the fish industry again. 
And so he couldn't wait on the Lord. Is that your problem? You can't wait on God, friend. You think you've got to take it into your own hand and do what you want to do in the meantime. That's what happened to Abraham and Sarah. They couldn't wait on God. God promised them a seed. They couldn't wait on God's time. And so therefore Sarah gave her hand or her, her servant, Hagar, on to him. What sorrow had brought into their lives and into their homes. Would God they'd never run ahead of God. Don't run ahead of God, friend. The psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord. But Peter couldn't wait. Do you remember Mary and Martha? Their brother was dying. They sent for Jesus. But their brother died. Where are you, Lord? And whenever Jesus Christ came, they said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. God, did you make a mistake, Lord? It didn't come in time. No, my friend, he came right on time. That God would be glorified in the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Whatever the reason, Peter took the decision into his own hands. He says, I go fishing. Then notice the companions. They say unto him, there were seven there that day. Peter was only one. There were six others. And do you notice the influence that Peter had in them? They said, we also go with thee. And friend, you have an influence. Your life has an influence. Child of God, you have an influence. Mother, you have an influence on your children. And you'll either lead them the right way or the wrong way. Father, you have an influence in your home. You'll either do what God wants you to do or you'll do your own thing. And these people said, Peter, we're going to. And isn't it amazing? It says in verse 3, they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. The ship was there. Do you remember Jonah? Jonah was running away from the Lord, and it's amazing. The ship was there. Boy, the old devil will have the ship for you to take you away from the things of God. Get you involved in other things instead of taking up with Christ and the things of Christ. It says they entered into the ship, yes, immediately. Something waiting for them. Now they're back to the old life. But then think of the chastisement. Look at verse 3. And that night they caught nothing. Nothing. And I tell you, my friend, when a work is done apart from Christ, it'll come to nothing. The Lord Jesus said, without me, without me, ye can do nothing. Now listen, these were experienced fishermen. And yet after fishing that whole night, it says they caught nothing. Nothing, not a fish. The word of God says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, 
saith the Lord. And I believe, you know, the Lord allowed that disappointment to enter into their lives because that was not the place he told them to go. He told them to go to Galilee, not into the sea. They were to wait for him there. But they couldn't. And they depended upon their own strength. But thank God the Lord didn't leave them there. We've got to move quickly. Look at verse 4. Here's the coming. But when the morning was now come. They've gone through a dark experience. Experienced fishermen and not one solitary fish. But the morning comes. It's always darkest before the dawn. But notice what happened when the morning came. Jesus stood on the shore. Ah, the Savior has come. The Savior has come. He promised. He promised to come. And he did. He allowed the disciples to go through this night of disappointment. But praise God, the morning came. And when morning comes, Jesus is there. He arrived at the right time to meet their need. Notice the command, verse 5. Then Jesus saith unto him, Children, have ye any meat? What he was simply saying was this, You have not caught anything to eat. Have ye? And here's these experienced fishermen, and the answer was, No. See, friend, they were humbled now. After a night of fishing. And they have nothing to eat. Not one fish. You know what Jesus said? Verse 6. Cast the net on the right side of the ship. And ye shall find. And thank God when he gave the command, friend. You see, by simply doing their own thing, it led to failure. But only a word from Christ. And it led to success. And 153 fish. And there was only seven. Seven disciples. And 153 fish. Because success is assured when Jesus gives the order. Wait on the Lord, friend. Don't run ahead of him. Don't decide for yourself what to do. Ask him. Ask him. Because thank God if you ask, he'll answer. But quickly, notice the care. You know that whenever Jesus told them to put the net on the right side of the ship, and John said, Peter, it's the Lord. Verse 7, 
it is the Lord. He's come. And when Peter heard that, he couldn't wait. He, he jumped into the water and he ran to come to the Lord Jesus. And when he came to the shore, look at verse 9. As soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there. When was the last time you read about the fire of coals? It was when Peter was standing around the fire with the enemies of the Lord. I wonder how Peter felt when he saw those coals. And he remembers. It was around the fire of coals I denied my Lord. But friends, let me tell you, the Lord he not only saw a fire of coals, but fish laid thereon and bread. Peter never spoke a word. The Lord said, you see the fish you brought? Bring them to me. And Peter went and he dragged in the net. You say, why did the Lord do that? Listen, fish were already on the fire. But they had obeyed the Lord when they put the net down on the right side of the ship. And the Lord was willing to use their labors when they caught it at his command. And the Lord took some of those fish as well, put them in the fire. And you know what he said? Verse 12, come and die. And friend, they dined with Jesus that day. They're back to the nearness with Christ. We sang this morning in our opening hymn, All for a Closer Walk with God. Where is the blessedness I knew when first I saw the Lord? Where is that soul-refreshing view of Jesus and his word? Oh God, bring me back. Bring me back to the place that I started. Oh God, loose the chains and let me go free for I can't stay away any longer. Take me back to Calvary. Is there someone here this morning and that's the cry of your heart? Oh God, bring me back. Bring me back to the nearness. I don't want to follow afar off anymore. I don't want to sit and compromise around the fire with your enemies anymore. Lord Jesus, I want to come back and dine with you. I want to come back and be in your presence and be near you again. And the Bible said this, verse 9, And as soon as they were come to land, they saw, yes. And Jesus said, verse 12, Come and dine. And then verse 13, Jesus then cometh and taketh the bread and giveth them, and fish likewise. Listen. He not only made the supper, but thank God he served it. The serving Christ. And he gave to his disciples. Before we finish, after he had fed them, there's the challenge. Oh, those eyes look back to Peter. 
I believe in actual fact, if you read the story of the scriptures in Luke chapter 24, verse 34, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. I believe that before this, the Lord Jesus had met Peter. Peter had got back to the place of fellowship. But listen to me. Why then did Jesus turn and ask Peter these things? Lovest thou me? Because Peter's denial was a public denial. And therefore, he had to, I believe, he had to come back and openly confess before others his love for Christ. And Jesus says, Lovest thou me more than these? Peter says, Lord, thou knowest I love you. Jesus said to him a second time, Lovest thou me? Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said a third time, Simon, son of Jonas. Notice, if we had time, he didn't say Peter. He said, Simon, son of Jonas. Where did he mention that before? The day that Andrew brought Peter to Jesus, and Peter could see it. Jesus says, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonas. And Simon means a pebble. And he says, I'll call you Peter, a stone. And Peter was reminded, Simon, that's what you used to be in your weakness. And the Lord has to humble us, friend, because coming back to the Lord, we've got to humble ourselves. And we've got to repent of our backsliding. And we've got to call upon the Lord. And thank God, he will restore. And he'll bless. The two words, lovest thou me, and Peter says, I love you. Those are two different words. The word that Jesus said, lovest thou me more than ease, that word means total, unconditional commitment. Peter said, you know I love you. And that word in the original means the love of a friend for a friend, a fondness of each other. Different words. Jesus said, do you love me more than these? People have asked, what, what were these? Was it the other disciples? Because remember, Peter said, listen, Lord, if everybody else is offended and, and flee, count on me, I'll be there. Or was it the fish? And as he looked at that 153 fish lying there, that was his old life. The Lord said, from henceforth you'll be a fisher of men. Tell me, Peter, do you love me more than the fish? Whatever it was, friend, the heart of service of Christ is because of our love. My Jesus, I love you. And twice the Lord Jesus Christ said, Peter, do you love me? Unconditional, total 
commitment to me. The last time Jesus turned the word for love to the one that Peter had used. Because you see, Peter's no longer boastful. No longer the arrogant Peter. But he's humble. He says, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. And only love for the Lord Jesus will sustain us in the work that lies before us. Do you love the Lord, friend? Lord Jesus said, Peter, there's a cost, you know. Because what the Lord Jesus said, Peter, you're going to die for me. And whenever Peter heard that, he looked at John. And he said to the Lord Jesus, well, Lord, what about him? The Lord Jesus said, listen, if it's my will that he tarry till I come again. What's that to you? Listen, my friend. Get your eyes of other people. And get your eyes on the Lord. If it's my will that he live till I tarry, or till I come, what's that to thee? And then he said this, follow thou me, not you. Don't follow John. Follow me. And friend, that's the success for Christian, for being a Christian. Following Christ. Will you take up your cross today? Will you follow him? Get your eyes on him. He's the author. He's the finisher. Of our faith. Thank God I'm saved today. May God help us to follow Him till He come or till He call. For Jesus' sake. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy Word this morning. What an amazing life! A story of mountaintop experiences of declaration and confession. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And yet, a deep, dark valley experience when he denied the Lord of those and curses. And yet, Lord, we thank thee that you didn't leave him there. He probably thought his ministry was over, but Lord, you had another plan. And on the day of Pentecost, he preached and 3,000 souls were saved. All because of thine amazing grace. And if there are those today and wants to walk with thee, perhaps they're listening in, perhaps they're listening in this service, in this thy house. And they're following afar off and they're among the wrong company. They're certainly not what they, what they ought to be. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, bring them back to their first love. And for thy children, help them, our God, to never be ashamed of thee. And Lord, for those who are not saved, don't let them leave the house of God today without Jesus.
give them the grace to come and call. For whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening this morning. But dear friend, if there's someone here and you want to speak to me about eternal things, things to get settled before the Lord, then don't go away. I'd gladly open the word of God with you. And get right with God. For Jesus' sake.